Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Speakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. The single bearded son of a gun tonight. Happens from time to time. All right. Got to bring more beard to the Free Talk Live just to balance things out, make the transition easier. So he normally has more than one beard is what you're saying. Yes, he does. He usually has two beards. The braids? Yes. It's still one beard. But you know who doesn't have a beard? Which is honestly kind of surprising because I feel like it would kind of maybe even out his head with his big bushy hair shape. Javier Malay. Oh, okay. He has nice a segue. really strange head um, just because of the weird uh, shapeless haircut he kind of has. It, it just looks so large. And uh, it always makes me laugh when I see it. He looks like a werewolf or something. But I very do kind of like him. Very 70s. Yes, okay. it's very 70s. It kind of looks like um, a host of, the, uh, someone who used to be a co-host of the show. And I probably shouldn't say who. It looks like Teen Wolf. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Um, it's the title of this article from CBC is a chain wielding or sorry, a chainsaw wielding libertarian could become Argentina's next president. And of course, in the subtitle, they have to say something that makes him sound really bad. Worse than chainsaw wielding. Yeah. Well, or libertarian. What? what, what it, there is that. What exactly makes you a chainsaw wielding libertarian? Yeah, I've known wielder. a lot of flavors, but chainsaw wielding? It's like I mean, if you've cut down a tree with a chainsaw, you're not necessarily like, oh, everyone knows him as the chainsaw wielder for the rest of your life. Okay. So what, did he chase someone with it? Who knows? Maybe he <sighs> maybe he dressed up as Leatherface one Halloween. Hmm. Or maybe this is just what they call you when you say, yeah, I'm going to remove things. Like, that actually doesn't need to exist. We're going to take okay. that out of government. You chainsaw-wielding libertarian! You're going to have a bunch of copycats at Porkfest now, or Porkfash, oh, open-carrying <laughs> chainsaws, dressed like Javier Malay. Isn't the thing they used to... Maybe I'm completely crazy, but isn't the thing they used to set the wooden porcupine on fire a chainsaw and a... No, it's like they wouldn't two use weapons a chain, Yeah, they wouldn't use a chainsaw to set it on fire. No, but it's a, but they would use it to cut the wood potentially. Oh, I don't know why. I just thought that there was something that was like a chainsaw and a flamethrower that okay. they use. But maybe it's not a chainsaw; it's something else. I don't know. I don't know, but I want to work with you on the design. Yeah, you're sitting on a gold mine. Like instead of one of those guns with a bayonet on it, it's a gun with a chainsaw on it. That's a thing. They oh, have God. the chainsaw bayonet. So, mm, nice. I guess I didn't invent it. I'm not going to get rich. But yeah, a chainsaw that is also a flamethrower sounds like a win to me. <laughs> I'm with you. For like doing something in like a forest if you're trying to deforest or, you know, but cut you yourself out. Roasting the gnomes for a f- Right. <laughs> but you have to you have to take the the card from uh from Elon Musk and label it this is not a chainsaw flamethrower. <laughs> yes. Then it's okay. That's how you get it through customs. What did he do with that? Oh, he labeled his flamethrowers this is not a flamethrower. Oh, okay. That was the official name of the item. I've it's also not a that. very powerful flamethrower. Like, it's not, it's not mil-spec. It's like the one they use for fun. creme brulees. Uh, a little more than creme brulee. Maybe um, Javier Malay was just a waiter, you know, going and putting creme brulees on the table and yes. baby flame. Th- oh, wait, no, it's a, it's a chainsaw they're accusing yeah, him of having. They're not calling him a flamethrower-wielding <laughs> yeah. libertarian yet. The well, flaming chainsaw-wielding libertarian. <laughs> It says, a chainsaw-wielding libertarian could become Argentina's next president. And the subtitle says, country facing high inflation, falling currency, and rising poverty. And it just, you know, they try to make that sound like 
it's a cause and effect statement because why, you know, right. it, well, they just want you to associate the two things. Yeah, they want you to think about this person and think about everything bad and think about our people and think about everything good, even though they're the ones causing everything bad. Right. Like if he wins and takes over and turns it around. Right. Like what's what's the narrative going to be then? He's going in to, a, you know, he's going into a system that's already highly inflated. Right. Currency depreciation, all everything you just listed. And he's the libertarian that has a plan to fix it. If he's truly going to go in and turn things around and he's not just doing this Trump thing where he's pretending he is, then he'll probably get assassinated. Uh, He seems legit, honestly. (laughs) And I've been burned before by politicians, so I'm pretty careful. But he... RFK. RFK. Yeah. I mean, he, he honestly seems to... Like, he literally used to teach Austrian economics. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's actually going to do the thing where he says... No more printing Argentinian dollars. We're going to go to the American dollar. And and, and and I get the criticism on that. But number one, it is a move in the right direction right. That, that illustrates that it works. Because, I mean, it's a very long haul to move to actually good money. Right. Whereas moving to the dollar is going to get you in so much better of a place than Argentina is. It at least is proof of concept. And there's something that happens when you shift the the tax base from money printing to money collecting. That it, it as bad as government is, it's way worse when they no longer care if you are productive at all. Brad on the line in New Hampshire or Massachusetts. What's on your mind, Brad? Hi, good evening. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a former New Hampshire police officer who uh, was deprogrammed by Free Talk Live and uh, became a libertarian. And I wanted to talk tonight about uh, minarchism and some exceptions that I think are necessary to the no victim, no crime rule. Boo! Okay, well, start with one at a time. (laughs) I I will preemptively tell you you're wrong, but I'll hear you out. (laughs) Okay. Let's do do one at a time instead of, like, listing them out, and then um, explain yourself, like, what you think about it, and then uh, I'll give the co-host a chance to respond. Sure. So the first one is weapons of mass destruction. I think that um, I think that in a libertarian state, the uh, the libertarian state, the people who are elected, can employ professionals that are able to handle things like nuclear weapons, which shouldn't exist in the first place, and things like biotoxins and things like that. I want nuclear weapons sold in vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> so at present, I think we have these weapons of mass destruction in the hands of the least responsible people on the face of the earth. Mm. And uh, when it comes to biological weapons, I think that the best thing that we can do is let people figure out how to counter them. Like, sure, you can you can release, mm. you know, X, Y, Z, terrible disease. But if you let us figure out how to counter it, then we have some defense o- against it. Whereas right now you have the most evil people on earth because they were the ones who were willing to do the most evil things to get to the very, very top who have their hands on the most powerful weaponry. And I will also say that possession of property is not a crime, right? And you have, you have to use that weapon in some form or fashion that creates a victim and owning it does no such thing. Those are um, the very like principled answers to him, but I would just have to say it's not really, um, it's not based in fact or anything, but I just believe that 
most people don't want to spend their time and they're not smart enough and dedicated and, you know, unified consciousness to where they're going to sit there and really put effort into it to create their own weapons of mass destruction in their backyard and then just shoot them off of people. Like, think of the um, objectives you'd have to have in your life. Like, that's what you want to do. Like, how many people are like that? And if we had a society that was a lot healthier, I think that we would be able to, you know, if something like that's going on with your neighbor, I, I just think that in a totally libertarian society, it, it's a it's a thing I just don't think would become a problem. And even if it was, I've never seen any problem that was solved just by someone writing on a piece of paper. You can't do that because people if somebody wants to do that, like right now, even though it's illegal to do that, then they would. But how many people are even attempting to do that? Yeah. And one thing I'd like to point out is. So uh, a nuclear weapon, yeah, I I completely understand why that's an an incredibly dangerous thing. But those are expensive. And think about when was the last time that someone took their multi-million dollar yacht and just slammed it into something for fun? Hmm. Like, it's just, it's not a thing that tends to happen. So these very expensive things do tend to have a certain amount of regulation in that if you don't have the sanity for wielding something powerful, you tend not to have the resources to acquire it. Secession would be a lot easier if New Hampshire had a nuke. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's one of the things where if you have uh, if you're aiming for the minimum amount of power to be centralized, then a lot of the uh, the most effective tactics in terms of self-defense are to have a couple of self-defense companies that do, in fact, have a nuclear weapon just to get other countries to go, hmm, Maybe do not. I really want to invade New Hampshire? How about I don't do that? Do you have any response for all of this, Brad? Uh, well, I just think these things are so dangerous that, it, it, you know, you can say, yeah, it, technically, if I possess a nuclear weapon or if I have ricin or if I have sarin gas or if I have something like that, just having it doesn't hurt anybody. But the potential for, for destroying the nation um, is, is just too high that the possession of these things should be, I, be, I believe, as a minarchist, uh, and again, I respect that you guys are anarcho-capitalists and uh, don't believe that a state should exist. Um, but as a minarchist myself, I believe that the, the libertarian state should prohibit um, the possession of these things. Brad, have you ever met any other cop that came to you and said that they stopped because they also listen to Free Talk Live? Oh. Not. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, mu- I muted you. You're muted the whole time. So Start if you said over. anything, you ought to restart. Sorry. Oh, um, well, Sheriff David Hathaway, that's, oh. that's one. Really? Hey, From listening go. to Free Talk Live, he stopped being like a regular cop or something? Or a DEA oh, agent? Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry, I misunderstood oh. you. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know anyone else who quit the uh, the profession because of Free Talk Live, but would I cool. would attribute my re- my relationship with Ian oh. um, towards, towards, towards leaving. And I just wanted to say, Bonnie, really quick, that I think you're doing a fabulous job running the family business, <laughs> and um, I think... I think your crew has come together and you guys should be very proud. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Well, Brad was calling in. Oh, go ahead. I have one more thing that's sure to make me many friends. Okay. He's uh, calling in telling us moving into your territory, Rich. I don't make any friends. More of a minarchist than a libertarian. He believes in mostly free markets, 
But in a few areas, he thinks that the government is necessary. He already listed um, driving regulations and nuclear uh, weapons, ownership of nukes, so or just weapons of mass destruction. So, what's the third thing, Brad? The third thing is sales taxes. Now, I think Boom. people should own their own property. Uh, yeah, Sorry. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I, th- I think that property the taxes price of living away. in a civilized society, wretch. No, we don't even I have it here. Prop- <laughs> yeah, we don't have it in New Hampshire. And look at what kind of society we have here. The think safest. of the bears. Think I- of the bears. Well, I think... The potholes. <laughs> in- I think income taxes and property taxes need to go away. I think people need to actually own their property because there's been so many times where a person works their whole life and then they, they get older and then they can't afford the home that they've paid the mortgage on because the taxes are too high. Yeah. So I think, I think property taxes and income taxes need to go away. But to fund a small libertarian state, I believe there should be a small sales tax um, reflective yeah. of the type of thing like gasoline tax. Yeah, I just don't think it's the <laughs> only way that a state, even if it had to exist, it's just not the only way that they could possibly make money. Like there's plenty of like cryptocurrency harebrained ideas nobody was always bringing up on the show um where every solution requires a cryptocurrency (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true um with with nobody well uh, a a completely non-cryptocurrency way that 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 some uh local governments have started changing the way that they gather their resources so they usually have like a fund that is set aside but basically, if you use that fund to invest in good investments, then you can reap the reward of those investments, and it, you can reach a point where the rewards of your investments are what is funding the uh, the government. How rich people stay rich. Essentially, I survive yeah. off the interest. Yeah, essentially, that. Uh, and, and you can, too, once you're as rich as me. And that way you don't have to steal from the people to do it. Ricky in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. You're on the phones with us, Ricky. What's on your mind? Thank you there, Miss Bonnie. Uh, Brother Richie, Pequus Mountaineer, good evening. Evening. What's on your mind? Well, I just had to sit here. I'm wearing my battle flag corset. And I know sitting there, and I got a couple things to talk about. Wait, battle flag corset? No, I got my. I'm wearing my battle flag, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay, go ahead. Now, no doubt. Now, here's the thing: because one does not call into a radio station without wearing one's battle flag. No, absolutely. I just wanted to know if there was like a man version of corsets. There is. Oh, uh, there is no doubt. They're called no, uh, what? Uh, girdle. All, just to give sure. a little, little yeah, structure. That sounds right. A little structure. I got a couple things to say about Brad. Then I'm going to reiterate about. Uh, you know, my uh, police reform plan that Brother Ian liked back in July. I think you like that. And then mention about taxes and solving that. Now, what are you going to conclude with? <laughs> well, we're, huh? No, I got this. I got it. Hang on. A couple things about Brad. Now, first of all, to start off, just from the beginning, driver's license ever since 1920, unconstitutional. So that's besides the point. Now, it's no secret. Uh, that I do want to blow the U.S. Constitution away. Now, that comes into play. Now, let's think about this drunk driving thing. Now, this car, last I looked, belonged to that individual, and they're supposed to be under control of their own car, not belong to them. Now, question. Now, this guy says he has the authority to not only 
follow them, but chase them. Now, my question is, how many people did he give in danger in the process of right. this? Right. I always you think know, that. The thought, the thought of re- reckless endangerment come to mind. And potentially, if there's a victim, manslaughter. And that's point number one. Oh, but they'll okay. blame the drunkard who ran away. Yeah, they were making us chase them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, well, no, I've no, driven... No, no. Now, here's more. There's more. Now, also, now he says no, soft, he, now, he says he's not brainwashed <laughs> anymore. Well, I'm going to take that. Take a couple more points to that. Now, he also said about, you know, uh, taxes. Now, I'd already spoke to Miss Bonnie about this before. I'm going to reiterate this. Uh, see, I, I have canvassed this, and I know this will work here in the Commonwealth. Now, the way it works is very simple. You blow it all away, income tax. Uh, property tax, school tax, sales tax. Well, how do we pay for simple little things? Well, that's very easy. I know that'll work here. Our canvas is very simple. What we do is we put forth a memorandum, and we put forth maybe, say, 1% or 2% we choose. Okay, and we get the I number. I choose right. zero. Well, well, you can choose that. See, that's the best part of this if you live in Pennsylvania here, and I'm going to tell you how it works because it's voluntary. Right so now? It, well, no, after I blow it away, it will be because this is the idea. <laughs> Keep using that It'll term. Hey, I'm I, I'm all for making what is currently a tax no longer a tax by making it and, voluntary. And here's right. how it works. Here's how it works. It is voluntary now because people. And I'll tell you what, people here love to be part of things, especially their government. So they will be more than happy to pay for in their community. Now, not everybody always got the money. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Okay, I just had a question that has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about. That's fine. What, what's your name? Okay. My name's Phil. Okay. What's on your mind, Phil? Okay. My question is, how... Okay, I have, I have a, uh, a question here. Um, what, what is a good way I can convince the, the fiancé to move up to New Hampshire... I got her out of New York City. I got her to Massachusetts. Whoa. But getting, but it's just that little bit more north, and we'll be good. Wait, first I got to say, I thought you said Beyonce. And second of all, then I realized you said fiancé. And um, your question is, you're asking. How do we convince Beyonce to come right. up to New England? I was like, wait, you got by her dating to do a what? Native. There you go. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a good idea to make her jealous by dating a native in New Hampshire. <laughs> But yeah, pr- I I, I don't know good. enough about her. Like, give me a, give me a little bit about her. You know, like, what does she like to do? What are her um, interests? Let's see. She she likes to do stuff for the Libertarian Party, but she's we have pretty that here. statist. We have she's that a here. statist. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She thinks that a lot of the Libertarians there suck, and I don't know. She has like an issue with like some people up there. Well, a lot do suck, definitely. Um, Which libertarians well, does she like? Like the New York libertarians? Well, yeah, well, she yeah, pretty well. She was the chair of a party there. Oh, okay. um, so she likes being yeah, the big fish in the small pond. Yeah, that's what I was like, going to say. Um, I pretty, don't know. Uh, this is something you'd have to like talk over with her, but maybe you could convince her. Just because there are like a small, small group of libertarians that uh, suck in the libertarian New Hampshire party. Um, and and Ricky, Richie Rich and Lee might disagree with me on that. Um, but it, it doesn't really give you an excuse. Like, what? If you actually care about these ideas, shouldn't you want to come to the place that has the biggest chance and that you have more chance of influencing it for 
good. I mean, I am not a now Libertarian Party be believer. Yeah. So my, my question to you is, what does she really value and care about? Um, I don't know. She, she, has, she You're grew her fiance up in and Stanford, you don't know what she cares about? Come on. Well, I do. I, I do. I mean, she, I mean, she wants to live in the big city. Mm. And, uh, and I grew up in New Hampshire, so it's kind of my spot. I actually moved to Hawaii to move to New York City uh, on a whim to try to make this work. And it kind of did. But Let yeah. her commute down to Boston. Right, just like yeah. barely cross the border and just let her have fun in That's Boston. That's such a good point. Like I, it's right there. Like living in cities, and I also sometimes get a little bit bored and keen. But if I really was that bored, I could always go to like Boston, and then I find myself thinking, "Yeah, I don't want to do that." The food's I, I mean, better. The events are better. The traffic is much worse. I mean, like, I love New Hampshire. Like, the thing is, like, we go up to New Hampshire, we have a good time, and, like, I'm like, and then she's like, nah, I don't want to live in Nashua, man. And it's just, I, I'm trying. Nashua's like the what safest city in the world right now. Yeah, I, I heard that. That it's the safest city in the world. That really shocked oh, there's me. N- there's no way she would move to Keene. Yeah, it's um, more out in the middle of the there. If she's a if she's a yeah, statist libertarian and probably doesn't want to be in Keene anyway. Well, so so my th- well, she, she works she works for John Stossel. So there you go. Yeesh. Wow. Huh. Would she not be yeah. able to keep the job if she moved, or is she able to do it remote? Um. Well, I think she's quitting. So. Oh. Um, you should parlay that into moving John Stossel to New Hampshire. Hey, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, well, my the the most obvious route I would think. To getting her eventually into New Hampshire is children. Oh, I really hope she doesn't hear this. <laughs> so I, I think that generally, when women have children, uh, some of the things that change about their priorities one, they're less concerned with having a, a really interesting, exciting social life in the city because they have a life that has you know meaning and purpose and really demands their attention and rewards safety. them for it. Right, um, knock right. her up. Are you guys and, intending to have children, Phil? Well, I want to. Like, I mean, but I mean, like, so she doesn't want to. Is what you're saying? I, well, she didn't want to, but now she's she's game. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird. like I. Well, you guys are getting married and everything, but I just don't really know what to say because typically I like Make you know I like to tell people that I, I like to give people advice who like you know if they're just trying to go after someone and. Um, they just don't have really the confidence to do it. I like to convince them to do that, but I don't really like to convince people to, you know, force something that's not working to stick together. If I'm just being a hundred percent honest, like you've mentioned so many things that sound like you guys just don't click. Like you don't want to live in a place she wants to live in. You had to convince her to want to have kids. If she's only wanting oh, to have no. kids to stay with you. Oh no, no, no. We, we, we talked about it. She just, she tries to be, she's kind she tries to be edgy and, like especially like I don't know, and like she's had all these like weirdo libertarian dudes scheme on her. So hmm, I'm sure you know. there's a lot of us. <laughs> well, yeah, and she's yeah. It's really and, hard. And, uh, yeah, I can't really help you much more because basically, like, I totally understand. I get really bored even in Keene sometimes, and Keene is, in my opinion. The only place I would want to live in in New Hampshire, but I, I also like I came from a large city, but not New York City large. I wouldn't want to live in a New York City place. I lived in San Antonio. Oh, if you bring her around the libertarian chicks around here, she's going to be polyamorous pretty soon, and then that's a mm-hmm. whole other thing to worry about.
Sarah, what's on your mind? Um, yeah, I that, um, about the ignorant masses. You're right. I was doing, I was beating myself up pretty much. I'm getting the boat out. I mean, all last week running around and talking to people about, uh, about our city election. And this whole homeless family is like the ignorant masses. You know, we're voting for the bond issue of the homeless shelter, low-income housing, community centers. We have senior centers, libraries, parks, and recreation. Do you vote? And you, they both ran off. Like, we don't vote. We don't vote. We don't, we don't be they're running around homeless with two kids. Wow. It's almost like they have more important things to worry about. Yeah, I don't see how voting is going to help their situation. Vote but, harder, but, homeless dude. Wait a minute. Voting, yeah, we're, it, voting, you're voting, it's the ballot is asking money for homeless shelter, money for parks. They were at a park. They hang out at the libraries. They have a community centers, senior centers. They're asking to build um, more money for um, buses, transportation. I'm sure they don't have a car. So they're asking. You want for, them to get a car, uh, Sarah? No, they could be homeless with a car, but obviously. Yeah, but do most you want them to, to be another driver? Here's the thing. How come they, that doesn't it interest them? That it pertains to their life. They're not registered. They don't care to vote. Only the women, the women vote. And women was kind of listening to me. I said, think about it. For some reason, yeah, women like mistake. to vote. They, they, I. So that she was like, hmm, I don't think she's registered, but she was almost kind of, she was kind of a little bit interested. The guy could care less. So the, talking about the ignorant masses, that is the ignorant masses. They, don't, seem, they, they, they don't seem very ignorant to me at all in the sense that they realize that their vote doesn't really change things in their world. Right. And the the statistical analysis has borne this out, that regardless of whether a policy is popular or unpopular among the average people, there's a 30% chance of it passing. What matters is if a policy is popular among lobbies and especially among rich financial lobbies. Hmm. Is that what you actually called in for, though, Sarah? Well, you know what? I called in because I've been getting the vote out and talk about people being disoriented. I mean, they're like, what election? Election for what? They're like, well, city council two, four, and six, and an even number. Most of them people, they never knew the difference between a school board and a city councilor. They got all confused. What do you think they're thinking about all day? Like, you know, their own lives and trying to get by and how to make money? I groceries. Well, you know what? I think it's people that have a job, that go to school, that work. I mean, there's... Like you said, their minds are so preoccupied. They don't have. They don't even watch the news. Most people don't even watch the news. They don't That's do good. any, and then therefore they miss it. They don't want to hear the news, bad things, and though they miss all of this, I mean, talk well, about but Sarah. Did you know that the news lies to you? Oh, I know that. I know that. Well, then why is it a good thing that they that they should watch the news? Well, the thing is, but then you miss. All of the opportunities for you to have a say so, you miss everything. And, and then if you don't get the news on your media, I mean, you get the news when you want to on the computer, you miss everything. I know they lie because, see, the, okay, at 6 
6.05 in the morning, they'll tell you we're voting for the city councilors, the four councilors, okay? And that same guy, Bob Clark, at 9.30 will say, oh, we're voting for the school board. Nobody comes out and votes for that because uh, at 6 o'clock, everybody's asleep. He'll tell you what we're voting for. But when everybody's up at 9.30, oh, we're voting for school board. Oh, why bother to vote? Oh, yeah, they, they lie all the time. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Getting back to the chainsaw-wielding libertarian Javier Malay, um, he did win the um, open primary where every party runs at once and he got the most votes there. It still wasn't a um, majority. It was like 30% or something like that, but that's with like tons of candidates running Mm -hmm. all at once. Um, but this Sunday is going to be the real election or like the final election unless a runoff occurs, um, this Sunday. And it says the vote marks a major crossroads for Argentina, one of the world's top grains exporters. And then, oh, I already read this. So like they have a lot of, a lot of resources, resources going for them. Um, and that's an important thing to note. If only the government would get out of the way and let those exporters handle their business. Right. Absolutely right. I mean, there shouldn't be any of, excuse for them to be like doing so badly. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, plenty of countries with l- fewer resources than Argentina has that are doing better because they don't terribly mismanage quite that awfully. It says the country is also the largest by far debtor to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund with an outstanding $44 billion U.S. loan program, as well as a huge inter- or as well as huge international debts with bondholders and a large currency swap line with China. Wake me up when that hits the trillions. Well, you, <laughs> and you can bet that if he does manage to actually win this, even after the runoff election that they call, that the, the World Bank will say, oh, you are too big of a risk. We can no longer loan you money under any circumstances. Is that why they can't switch to the dollar? I mean, it'll definitely make it harder and it'll make things more difficult for him. But it's the same nonsense that they pulled when El Salvador decided to back Bitcoin. Like all of a sudden, the Bank of International Settlement and the World Bank, which are, you know, twin agencies, are putting out all of these things about what huge risks they are and saying, you should really stop this and go back on this policy and saying, well, we won't lend you anything and none of you should either. And you can bet that would be a bad thing. I mean. He laughed about it, um, the president of El Salvador, and he said like something kind of edgy when it happened okay. on Twitter. Um, and I mean, they the seem World to be Bank doing fine. like, we're not going to loan you any money to a country already $44 billion in debt, right? I mean, yeah. are they, are, does well, that mean no, they're going to have to work well, their way the out thing. of it? Well, I mean, that's the thing. If they keep the status quo, they'll have no problem loaning the money. Okay. If you keep this, you know, 200% annual inflation, no problem loaning you money removing the inflation because you're not using your own money anymore oh now you're risky now you're doing something weird what well, I, I 
I still fail to understand the downside to that. It just makes the transition more difficult. Okay. Like, I do do you? I mean, again, do you want do you want to be beholden to the World Bank and being in debt to them? Well, or do you want to figure out how to like what you want is maximize that, your revenue. What you want is companies that have a high credit rating so that they can get uh, lower payments on their insurance. And plus, if like things initially go bad, whenever they're doing these little things that they can do, the IMF, um, the people are going to blame Malay. You know. If, if he gets, he was just elected. Yeah, yeah. And one, one I mean, thing I, I remember that... uh, Naib Bukele tweeting out is how, like, um, hey, they said we were going to default on all of these loans, and when we didn't, no one said anything. Hmm, yeah, I remember yeah. that too. Yeah. Um, it says Malay has criticized China, pledged to quote burn down the central bank, privatize public sector. He he talks like Richie or Ricky. I meant to say, um, talking about. Whatever he said, chop down the U- U.S. Blow them all away. Yeah, blow them all away. Wow. Um, he, okay, so he pledged to burn down the central bank, privatize public sector entities, and switch to the U.S. dollar. He is an anti-abortion and anti-feminist. They probably, you know, put in that in a weird sounding way. Like, I don't know. Everybody hears the word anti- He's against women. It sounds like, you know, he's... Anti, you know, regular equality between the races, even though we know that the word feminist doesn't just mean that anymore. And um, they're just trying to make him sound as bad as possible. Mm-hmm. He's the candidate to beat, but the election remains a three-way race with polls having proven unreliable for the August primary, failing to spot Malay's sharp ascent. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't spot it. It wasn't that they just lied about it over and over again. Couldn't be that. Now, that's something they did with Ron Paul. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. First, yeah. second, fourth, fifth, sixth. We don't know who's in third, but it's definitely <laughs> right. not Ron Paul. Right. Wow, yeah. Right. Yeah and, stuff like that. yeah, and the same thing happened with uh, uh, Trump and Clinton. I mean, that's a big part of why it came out of just out of nowhere for a lot of people is yeah. that, yeah, a lot of the opinion polls were just straight lying about what was happening. In order to move public opinion in that direction. Right. The truth is that all scenarios are possible, said Marielle Fornoni, director at Consultancy Management and Fit, whatever that means. Pollsters generally agree most likely result, uh, the most likely result is that Malay comes first but faces a second round head-to-head with Massa on November 19th. A candidate needs 45% of the vote or 40% with a 10-point lead over second place to win outright on Sunday. So to not have a runoff, he needs that. Yeah, that's very convenient for the status quo. Yep, that's like, what I'm saying. Okay, well, we're going to run you against two candidates. You won? Okay, well, now we're going to run you against one candidate. And all you people that voted for those two better vote for the other one. Right. Mm-hmm. Not Malay. That's a good point. Exactly. After they said that um, many voters are just resigned to a Malay win, it says a reflection of how the former television pundit has managed to take hold of the political narrative, leveraging memes and videos online that have resonated with younger voters. Yep. Those are some dank memes, by the way. I have not seen them. (laughs) I have. They're awesome. That's Mostly it's like quotes, like just straight up, just quote him. It's it, he memes himself. Put him on there with those uh, sideburns and what he actually said about things. Anytime I see a Spanish meme, I go straight to Google Translate because I know it's about to be funny. 
They're just great at making memes. All right. I'm going to vote for Masa, but Malay is going to win, said Stella Buke, 65, who has a book stall at the Parque Centenario Fair. At this point, I don't see any other way. Here now, all the poor people are right wing. It's all the stupid poor people. The That's right wing, she, stupid poor people. Yeah, I guess she's just. Is there right wing and left wing the same? Yeah, I have no clue. Left wing. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of got established throughout the world from like uh, the French shifting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just double checking. That was I don't that, pay that close. whole article. I just think it's really funny because basically they're, um, you know, they're so scaremongering so hard or fearmongering so hard about Malay. It's so obvious that they're terrified that he might win. I'm resigned to have more freedom and liberty and better finances in my life. I <laughs> guess I'll be able to afford milk again yeah. if I have to. And we read an article just the other day, maybe like one week ago, actually. That Ian had read in jail, and he suggested that I read. That was so funny because they're actually starting to blame him for those things. They're, oh yeah, right? yeah. Oh, absolutely. That I don't that know how was, that's possible. No, it, it, propaganda. Like it's it astonishing. Yeah. Propaganda. It's astonishing. Like when he does well is when they start like cranking up the money printers. Mm-hmm. That does the obvious thing of making everything more expensive because there's more Argentinian dollars now. And then they go, oh, look at, look at what it's he's doing. because do. we of the can't, popularity. We can't pop. It's, it's the popularity, and we can't give him the power when things are this bad. Mr. Hathaway in Arizona. Mr. Hathaway, uh, David, what is on your mind? Yeah. Hi, Bonnie, Peakless, and Richie. Uh, I'm sitting here with my, my wife, Karen. Hi, Karen. Uh, you know, I had a couple of things to talk about. Uh, first, first off, on- thank you for the lollipops. Oh, yeah, he ate <laughs> oh, them. Are you the one that ate it? I'm Bonnie the only one that, that ate it. <laughs> yeah, he ate both yeah, did, did, did you eat the scorpion also? Of course I did. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, yeah, it never... is a lot like popcorn that gets stuck between your teeth. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> yeah, well, Bonnie pointed out one of them had the little stinger thing on the tail, and the other one didn't. So I don't know yeah. if it had an extra pop on the one if you ate well, the poison he, or no. He did I didn't not. Think, I didn't think either of them had the stinger No, on maybe there. not the actual stinger, but they had... Um, one of them had an extra piece to the tail that was a different color, and one okay. of them didn't have that. So I was All like, right. what the heck is that? Like a you know poison sack? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I survived, yeah, Look, he yeah. just ate the scorpion. I hope so. Slowly, because it didn't it didn't come out of the lollipop right away, right? Was, I'm my, hoping oh, you wow. survived so we don't have some kind of sixth sense set up here. Well, I theory. made it through the doorway. Okay, fair well, enough. What? What's on your mind, David? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things. First, I want to start out talking about I've written to Ian uh, a couple of times, and then there was a comment, I think it was on last night's show or the night before, where somebody said, don't use weird kinds of paper. And the first letter I wrote was on the airplane flying back. They had the little vomit bag that's in the pocket in front of you, and I wrote a letter on that, and I continued it on the napkin. It was like an American Airlines napkin. So I did write a letter to him on weird paper, and I'm wondering if that would be rejected. So um, he received that. I've spoken to him, and he said they just, I guess, decided to be nice because when they were in this exact jail before, I wrote nobody um, a really pretty little um, no- note that I wrote him, and it was on a just a small piece of notebook paper, and they rejected it. But for your letter this time, they photocopied it and gave it to Ian, which was just like 
um, unexpected. Like, I don't know. Courtesy. I've never heard of them. Yeah, just actually decide to be nice. So he received oh, that. Okay. Maybe it's because well, you share it. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> another thing I was wondering is on the books, um, I sent him a couple of new books and then a couple of used books because they were cheaper. And then I read on some website that you can't send used books to a jail. They can only have new books. Do you know about that? Yeah, they have to be from Amazon. They have to be from Amazon as the seller. And I'm pretty sure that they do have to be new because the idea is, oh, you could have known the seller, told the seller to put drugs in the book and then sent it to a prisoner. But that was yeah. my idea. Okay. I don't think yeah, that was... you'll get them back either. Like, I think you just kind of lose the money for it. So that sucks. But he did oh, I was receive. Ask you that. Like, yeah, if I would, uh, if I would get notification or send it back. But were you saying he he got some of them? Um, they didn't tell him who these books were from, but he was wondering if this book about a DEA agent who uncovered some terrible murder and then got basically. Um, it's a true story. So this DEA agent found out that another DEA agent tortured and killed a DEA agent and um, made it seem like the cartel did it. And then when he uncovered that and tried to bring it to light, the DEA like um, was like all turning their backs on him and they didn't give yeah, him a ceremony, yeah. all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I said that one and it turned out to actually be a CIA agent that, oh. that led the, the interrogation and the torture of Kiki Camarena and wow. another DEA agent that was running that investigation. And I was also part of that investigation. We uncovered wow. that there were CIA involvement in that because they had pilots that were using this uh, Rafael Caro Quintero, uh, his airstrip to smuggle, uh, you know, guns to the Contras in Nicaragua and to smuggle cocaine back into the U.S. And then the CIA agent, and there's actually... Uh, a, a cassette tape of the recording of him leading the interrogation and the torture death. But yeah, I did. Oh my gosh. I did send that one. Uh, another one that I, I sent that he probably won't get. Uh, there was like a history, hardback history of Keene, New Hampshire, just a generic history book. Oh, and that's pretty cool. The, the, yeah, the new version was expensive, though. It was like 50 bucks. So then I found the used one on some Amazon reseller. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's probably not going to wind up getting that one but uh, he has not yeah. received that or at least he hasn't told me he has and usually he always updates updates me about what books he has and i think he'd be like excited about that so he probably didn't get it so oh, okay. sorry about that i really hope that they do something like return to sender and then you get your money back but i haven't tried it and um richard Rich is shaking his head like probably not why they would they yeah they, they don't care yeah. about anyone yeah, it would just probably go back to whatever the Amazon reseller was, and then they'd get the money. Maybe I'll get it credited back. I can probably figure it out if I get the money credited back, if it gets returned to the seller. But anyway, the other thing I was I wanting so. to talk about is I always get invited to make speeches here. I got invited to do the Veterans Day speech and then be the keynote speaker to the Democrat Club. And it's kind of hard to do those things on the Veterans Day speech. Like, I don't, the same people show up to all those. There are kind of a lot of, warmongers, you know, cheering for foreign wars and all that. So I, at first I said no, and then I agreed to do it. And then I just kind of searched on the internet to try to find how do you do a peace speech on Veterans Day? And then I actually found something from JFK, from John F. Kennedy from 1961, where it was a pretty good anti-war speech and I plagiarized parts of that. So I'm, I'm writing that up. And I also was the keynote speaker to the local Demo Democrat club yesterday. Karen went along with me to that. And um, 
Actually, it's not too hard to speak to a group of Democrats if you remind them that what their roots are. So I reminded them in the 1960s and 70s, Democrats were anti-war. They were against the Vietnam War. Nice. You know, they were. And I told them about the Uniparty and they're all kind of shaking their heads like they hadn't well, heard that and, term. And I was telling them. <laughs> well, and and yeah, even ahead. even in George W. Bush's reign, they were anti-war. They, right. they, that was the majority of the ones showing up at the at the anti-war rallies, which were the biggest ones since the 60s. Anyways, we have this story from The Wall Street Journal. And Richie Rich brought this in it. It's kind of funny to me. It says that there are people who are Darn reinventing they're reinventing the sick day. It's millennials and Gen Z. Yeah, I was gonna say That's who's probably doing it. more Gen Z. <laughs> Can I have it in a vape, please? There you go. I need a sick day in vape form. If they can't vape during work, then they're not even gonna apply. No. I want a caffeine vape. Mm. Oh, that would be awesome. It's a thing. Right? Oh, it is? Oh yeah, it's yep. a thing. Yeah. I'd never heard of that. Look it up. It's like no nicotine? No nicotine. I mean, I don't really want to do it because all the other ingredients is more what yeah. I'm worried about. It's like all the Whatever. syrups, I mean, they got poisons. got like a B12 vape, too. Hmm, that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. Getting all of your vitamins in right. vape form. It's what the millennials and the Gen Zers want, man. It's, it's the only way to upgrade from the uh, uh, Flintstones gummies, really. <laughs> this is from Taping Chen for the Wall Street Journal. They say the bar for taking a sick day is getting lower, and some bosses say that's a problem. Yeah. U.S. workers have long viewed an unwillingness to take sick days as a badge of honor. You know why? Because you get uh, you get the little certificate in grade school for having perfect attendance. Yeah, that's what I was immediately thinking of. I never had those. I've, I've seen recognition in uh, different workplaces for people who had perfect attendance for the year. Yeah. Hmm. See? Sometimes even a bonus. Wow. She's been here for 40 years and never missed a day in her life. Right. Wow. That's just Poor lady. sad. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a Laurel Workers Care. Wait, what? That's a Laurel Workers Care much less about these days. Okay, oh, Laurel, a Laurel being a, a particular Prize. honor. Like you would, yeah. uh, you'd get a Laurel for winning the Olympics like in back in the day. Yeah. Um, it says the number of sick days Americans take annually has soared since the pandemic. Employee payroll data show COVID-19 and a rise in illnesses such as RSV, which can require days away from work, are one reason. Sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's mostly. Um, I just need a mental health day. That kind of stuff. Managers I need to take care of me today. And plus, like during, uh, quote unquote, the pandemic, there were. Like a, a huge slackening of the reins in work anyway. Like people got used to doing stuff like working from home and stuff like that. Quitting their jobs because their jobs suddenly sucked. That's what I did. But I didn't even go on welfare like everyone else. I just went and did Uber Eats. And that was like such a slackening of the reins. I never I never went back to a normal job ever again in my life. Well, except the Moose Mart, but they're pretty, Um, they're not, you know, slave drivers over there. You don't have to take a sick day. You just don't show up and it's okay. No. Bonnie's not here today. I was a great um, worker at Moose Mart. They love me. Or the the meetup restaurant that just randomly closes some nights and then we can't have the meetup there. (laughs) Yep. Well, I think we don't have anyone willing to work. Well, I mean, most jobs, yeah, have been have been slave drivers and have been moving in that sort of generally less human kind of environment. And that was somewhat acceptable back when we could potentially ever buy a house yeah. yeah but at this point people are like what you're gonna treat me like absolute garbage 
and it's never going to help me. I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life and never afford anything. Why would I not take an extra sick day? Right. Or at least just like do a job that's super easy. Like whenever I was doing Uber Eats, I was making just as much money during the, I was making more money during the pandemic than I would be if I stayed at my waitress job where nobody was allowed to come inside and we were just giving people to go orders like that was an obvious, uh, you know, idea. And, and then even then I would quit all my other jobs in between then. That wasn't like when I first started do, doing Uber Eats. I would like go be like, OK, this is getting like a lot for me. I need to go get a real job. I'd work at Walmart for a few months and I'd be like, you scheduled me on Halloween. I'm quitting. I can always just do Uber Eats. And I didn't have to go be in a building for eight hours a day, which eight hours is just ridiculous to me. Seriously, like I just don't want to be in some stupid building for eight hours a day. You should at least offer there to be like, um, you know, like I would I would work every single day if it was like five hour days. OK, you more more likely than I would want to have even a just part time job. Eight hour days. I mean, it ruins your whole life. I hear what you're saying. But the other day it was like a nice day here in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And my boss was like. Hey, I'll give you a ten minute break if you just want to go outside and enjoy the weather. I was like, no, I don't, I don't care about being outside. Like, to me, it's not really like being indoors or outdoors. It's being stuck and not being able to go okay. do things I want to actually do. All right. Well, I mean, that's fair, and that's 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 the leisure time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, it's, it's well, and schedule flexibility. Like you yeah. were saying, you did Uber Eats. I right. mean, that's ultimate uh, schedule flexibility of like. If I need five minutes, I can just take five minutes between yeah. my deliveries. Right. No, I get you. But it's it's a weird, it's a Doug Stanhope bit, but it's like, you know, work five to get two. You know, who wants to do that? Well, everyone did, right? You, you work five and then like your leisure time is the other two days. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. they suck because you're like, oh, I'm going to have to go to work in two days the whole time. Well, that's your fault for having the mentality that the, your days off are going to suck because work is on the horizon. Well, no, I would no. argue that that is actually the fault of money printing. More workers are using up sick time, often for reasons such as mental health. See? And They're un- not even sick. Well, last night, okay. Mm, they're sick in the head. The reason Maybe. I wanted to get into this article, and I thought it was so funny, is last night, my sister and I, I was telling Richie Rich this before the break, and I don't really mind telling the radio. At first, I felt like, like last night when I was in the thick of being scared, I was thinking, like, I can't tell anyone this. It's going to, like cause my house to be like listening and my house to start having haunted things happen but let me just long story short my sister and i were falling asleep she was sleeping on the couch in my room so uh, my room set up kind of like a foyer a door and then an actual bedroom but my door was open like both doors were open or the door in between was open sorry and um i woke up to a, a voice and she woke up to the voice and she immediately said bonnie were you talking and i was like no, I was asleep. And she said she swears that she heard my voice say, I'm back. Well, and during the last break, Bonnie thought she heard me call her back to the studio well, from wherever she was. I know you and said I was, something. I did not address you at all. No, I swear you said okay. like, Bonnie, when were you born or something? If if it wasn't. That was peakless when you walked back into the room. No, no, it was right before then. Maybe you, you, I just heard you guys talking. Maybe I just thought okay. it was your right. voice. But nothing well, maybe else. Maybe it was. We were a... definitely talking, but you were not being summoned. Nothing else haunted has been happening in my house. Okay. So I really uh, refuse maybe to believe that. Maybe it was that. just some unusual quantum uh, interference there. You got some right. like time traveling sound oh, waves. Man. Hmm. Is this some interstellar stuff? Yeah, maybe. That'd be kind of cooler than, you or know. the past. Okay. 
that would be cooler than a, a ghost. Like I, I don't know. No, that's that's one of my explanations for some of the ghost activity is just you're experiencing unusual quantum phenomena. I mean that the totally Hans makes Herman sense. The book startly protrudes from the shelf to make sure <laughs> you grab that next in your libertarian reading. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyways, so because just of a that, skip a jump and a Hans Hermann hop. They must be physically removed. Well, we were like scared after that happened, so I told my sister like just. Come get in bed with me. Like, I'm too creeped out now to be alone in here now. from the Commonwealth on this one? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So she stayed in my bed last night, and we were, like, awake for, like, a whole extra hour because of this, because we were just, like, freaked out. And the the reason is because we've been watching Sam and Colby videos, and I totally don't mind, like, shouting them out. I love Sam and Colby. And, you know, that makes me Gen Z. Except that they're scary. Yeah, they, they go and you know who these YouTubers. people are. I have no earthly oh, okay. idea. See that right. that makes me Gen Z. I, I'd I will say. always think of you as Gen Z. Yay! Um, so even though the Census Bureau doesn't, if it's no, not the, the sweet Bureau life does. of Zach it's and that doesn't. Oh, it's uh, I just looked it up. The oh. Census Bureau c- uh, calls it all the way until the millennium, which makes a certain what? kind of sense. Well, yeah. not You're really. If you think of like, yeah, okay. Seriously, Which people in 1999 are not millennials. Like, my little brother was born in 1999. There's even a big difference between him and I, and I was born in 1996. But anyways... Well, I mean, Boomer's definitely a state of mind, so... Yes, it is. It totally <laughs> like, is. that's a fact. You can say, okay, Boomer, to someone who wasn't actually born during the baby boom. I've done it. That's and true. I... It's meaningful as a statement. Yes. I also um, think of my friends <laughs> that happen to be boomers as not boomers, or, or I always had... Um, because I said, like, jokingly about someone else, I was like, okay, Boomer, about someone we were talking about, and they were all like, we're Boomers. And I was like, wait, really? I didn't think of them as Boomers. Let's talk about this for a minute, because it it vaguely relates to the article that we're reading, right? (laughs) There was some other piece of show prep in the host channel where some people were homeless and living in a tent, and oh my gosh, woe on them, right? And the Boomer in the group steps like, by the time I was 12, I had a job and I worked my entire life and oh. why don't these people just go out and get a job and work hard for a living? Like, he didn't like, mention that he wasn't getting paid for the job at 12, except in comic books. Either way, either way, like on this show, right, we have <laughs> talked about how raising the minimum wage has priced those people out of the job market mm-hmm. altogether. Right. Because they can't get them. Yeah. Right. right. And his suggestion to this like homeless teen was just go get a job, you lazy. Like, why are these lungings so lazy today? Well, when I was 12, I just went out and got a job. And because it's illegal to give them a job where you pay right. what they're worth. Right. Which is which is an argument we make on the air. Right. All the time. And technically he's Gen X, so totally boomer is a state of mind. Basically the That's whole, my point. That's why I said boomer is a state of mind. The whole reason totally I brought up move. the ghost activity in my house is to say my sister called off work simply because she was too scared to go to work and like get Way up to in the put dark. On blast and, on see. national air now. <laughs> and Way to, I doubt that those people are listening. The knife, Bonnie. No, we I don't know think she'd care. In this room is. <laughs> I don't think she'd care, and I doubt her bosses are listening. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at Free Talk Live dot com.